We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey, everybody, it's John Helton. Welcome to the July 10th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Joining me today, Peter Schenke. In, in addition to being president and co founder of Rotowire, um, Pete covers the Colts and the Vikings. How are you, sir? How you been? Doing great. I'm getting uh, revved up for fantasy football. I mean, the madness begins in a couple of days. Training camps open, and uh, life gets busy. But so fun. you guys, you guys go staff outing to Vegas next week. Is that what I hear? Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, next week we take the entire Rotowire company. We go to Las Vegas during the All Star break, Major League Baseball All Star break. It's the only three days of the entire year where there are no regular season sports, at least in the U.S. There's mm-hmm. a few soccer matches, WNBA, but at least for the Big Four. Um, and so, time to get some time off and. And we'll do some fantasy football. There's the Stopa League draft, which you'll hear a lot of uh, people talk about at the Rotowire. We also have a staff uh, Rotowire Vegas League draft. So for me, that's the first time uh, that I really do a bunch of leagues that, that, that count and matter, and it's good preseason prep. Although it used to be kind of like the launching point. There was nothing beforehand, and now, <laughs> of course, you can, you, know, you can do all kinds of drafts you know, all the way back to you know, midwinter, right? And you can do all kinds of best balls and that kind of stuff. So 
uh, I'll be a lot more prepared going into it than probably I, I have in you know previous decades. Okay, so speaking of being prepared, you do a draft strategy piece every year, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I love draft strategy. So, what are you? It, it, does this year shake out any differently than others? I mean, first, is there a basic strategy that you like to use in, in let's say your you know your typical standard league? And I know there's lots of variations. Everybody. Um, the other thing is, does this year's player pool or the way things worked last year make you tweak anything in a particular way? So I'm a big wide receiver first guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you take wide receivers early, they're they have higher floors. They don't get injured as much. They're safer. Running backs have higher upside, but there's a lot of bust rates. They get injured. A lot of a lot of changing. A lot of timeshares. So you know, you draft wide receivers early. Take you know quantity. You know, take uh, quality instead of quantity. Uh, quantity instead of quality at running back, and usually get a good, pretty good team. Um, and at first glance this year, I'm just drooling at the the way it's all shaking out. Um, it's a running back heavy year. Ten of the top fifteen of ADP at least by I'm looking at my fantasy league non-PPR, um, our running backs, just about every other you know, format of ADP has you know, heavy running backs. There's you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 running backs in the top 15 you know, picks or so. And there's a lot of rookie running backs and running back situations uh, where I think you can get the rookie or the unheralded rookie or the second or third guy. So I think it's going to be shake out to be a great year for that. However, the thing that gives me pause is that if you look at kind of the overall trend of the NFL – uh, the last couple of years uh, makes me kind of question my strategy a little bit. I mean, generally the foundation of the strategy is that passing had been rising, right? From about two less than 200 yards a game on average of passing yards uh, in the mid nineties up to a high of 243 uh, in 2015. That's the all time high. And that was actually up 21.6% uh, from 2003. So really like, you know, a real surge like the last, you know, 15 years, but then the last two years, that's kind of changed. The passing yards have been down 8%. Uh, rushing yards per game uh, are up the last two, year, two years. Passing TDs are down the last two years, not by significant margins, but it's not been the same just you know steady rise every year all the time. Uh, receiving touchdowns are down uh, 11%. Um, also, a lot of the top wide receivers haven't really performed that well. Five of the 12 wide receivers uh, taken in the top 15 of ADP uh, from 2015 to 2017 were busts. Uh, and that's just a very, very different rate than the previous 16 years, where only five of 35 in the top 15 of ADP had been bust. So, like before, you took a wide receiver, it was just a rarity that they ever got hurt, or right. you know, it just didn't work out. The last couple of years, it's been like almost, you know, a little less than a 50-50 proposition. So, you know, what do you read into that, right? I mean, is the NFL coming back, you know, to the running days and? Uh, you know, it, there's not really a single element I, that I can that I can put on there. It hasn't been a major rule change or, you know, just a new wave of coaching ideas. Um, so I'm willing to kind of just write it off as a just a short-term fluke, and uh, you know, maybe we'll get back, you know, get back to where we were and keep investing in the wide receiver first philosophy. But you know, it does give me some pause, and, and uh, we'll have to see. You know, might have to might have to change things. Maybe maybe this, you know, Chris Liss has advocated this theory that uh, the leagues are getting savvier, the saber metrics, they're going with, you know, more passing to running backs, you know, that's more consistent, more timeshares at running backs. Um, and that, something like that could be the case. But uh, I think in the absence of strong data to indicate that the trend going the other way, I think it's a real buying opportunity for wide receivers. And we see this happen with the mentality of preseason uh, drafters. Uh, every year, whatever the prior success was, that's what everybody does yep. next year, right? And so this year, there's 10 running backs 
you know, like I said, in the MFL, some of my fantasy leagues, uh, this is not the MFL 10s, but the actual you know, season-long drafts at MFL, they have their ADP data, which I like to use just because they have a really long, they've been around for 20 years, so you can compare it to 1998 or whatever, right? And that's why I use non-PPR, because PPR only became prevalent in the last decade or more or so. So if you wanted to compare to, like, you know, the Marshall Falk days, you know, PPR uh, leagues were not as prominent. Um, but anyway, so 10 running backs, I mean, that's... That's, you know, really high. There's no quarterbacks. There's no tight ends. Uh, I haven't had a quarterback in nine, uh, there's only one year since 2006 has there not been a quarterback in the top 15 of ADP. Um, tight ends, these are the last four years, there was like, you know, one in the top 15 of ADP. So just a very different year, you know. But, and we've seen, we've seen these shifts all the time. Uh, you know, there's one year when there were five quarterbacks, 2012, five quarterbacks in the top 15. Right. Uh, you know, there was the year where there was, you know, two court, two tight ends. Everybody was all, you know, I, you know, crazy on tight end, you know, yeah. And uh, so, you know, it kind of shifts, you know, back and forth. And usually, I think if you just kind of stay the same with wide receivers, you know, you do well. But you know, we'll see. You know, a year from now, I could say, boy, things have changed. <laughs> you, you know, it, so. it's funny. You talked about the quarterbacks not being in the top fifteen, and, and lists saying that you know people are are becoming savvier. And part of me, part of me wonders if people are listening to people like us more, because every year that we do these, you know, preseason mag, you guys do a magazine and you do drafts online, and we all do mocks, and you know, and and the word I keep using is it's like a staring contest to see you can wait the longest to take a quarterback. Yeah, you that's know? definitely true. That's definitely might might creep into it, and some of the um, certainly some of the wide receivers, you know, pushing up in the top fifteen, it's kind of the flip side of that too, where people are just. You know, looked at wider, looked the same math I looked at, but then pushed up the prices on them too much, and it wasn't. You know, it's more a reflection of market than it is, you know, a change in their actual characteristics and their performance over the years. So that could be the case with quarterback. It's also just, you know, uh, maybe there's not one that stands out as much, right? You know, Pete right. Aaron Rodgers is not Pete Aaron Rodgers. He's coming off an injury. There's no Peyton Manning. Um, you know, lots of times there were just, you know, gold standard. You know, t- uh, quarterbacks. People said, "I don't care about the theories. I know you can be a quarterback, but I'm getting Peyton Manning because he's money in the bank every year." And there's something to be said for that. And that's not quite the same uh, with the quarterback situation this year, right? right? I mean, you know, Tom Brady's awesome, but you know, eventually he's not going to be any good. I mean, every year that he's in his 40s, he gets there's an exponential chance that he's not going to be good and he's going to fall off the table. So every year you're kind of rolling dice even more. So. There's not, you know, as many. There's just not the gold standards that there were there were in earlier, and that could be the case for why there's nobody in there. But nevertheless, you're right. Everyone's waiting on quarterbacks. Whether you're a smart, you know, expert like like us, although <laughs> I say that in quotes, uh, or you're the average guy. Everyone's waiting on quarterbacks a lot, and uh, you know that's a good thing. But it kind of you know makes that depresses the market a bit too. Okay, um, before we move on to the Colts and the Vikings, I want to answer. I want to ask you one thing. You mentioned you you referenced some of the young running backs earlier. Um. And I've been asking this a lot because I think it's, a, it's kind of an interesting question when people draft running backs. Take Saquon Barkley out of the equation. You've got a bunch of rookies going in a similar tier, third, fourth, fifth round. Geis, Penny, Michelle, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman. Um, a little after that, maybe Kerryon Johnson and Chubb. Who's your favorite? Really none. I mean, I guess I would say. I mean, a lot, a lot of it, you know, I just try to get a bunch of them, right? Um, I guess the Denver situation, the Denver rookie, you know, that situation looks murky. And so, uh, he could emerge, uh, Detroit. Um, a lot of it's going to happen in training camp. A lot of these guys will have like, you know, really good, uh, stories on them for, you know, preseason games and, and their, and their opportunity to rise. 
so my, my philosophy is, is really not, and, I, and I'll, I'll eventually develop and I do have some, you know, more of a feel for it, but just generally speaking, my philosophy is just grab a whole bunch of them because yeah. there's, there's just a lot of upside. I mean, if you take two wide receivers early and you have a just really solid receivers and you have all these holes at running back, you know, if a couple of them pop, you know, one of these rookies you grab, um, you know, t- you know, develops, you're going to have a really solid team. Um, you know, and, and that's, that, that theory started, you know, over the years, uh, Paul Charchian's famous for his, you know, draft the opposite. And then there was, you know, zero RB from the road of his guys. Nice. Uh, but you know, generally speaking, they're all kind of the same, you know, which is, you know, the, the same sort of philosophy. And if, you know, if you get good solid wide receivers and, you know, you hit, you have a couple of those rookie running backs go, um, yeah, you're gonna have a good team. Yeah, it's funny. I'm in a draft. <clears throat> we we talked before we started recording. Um, I'm doing a draft in the uh, in Scott Fish Bowl, which if you're on Twitter, you've probably heard about. And and I've been saying all summer so far, I'm out on all these running backs because they're too expensive. They're going third, fourth round. I'm saying I'm I'm not drafting Darius Geis in the beginning of round four. There's no way with Chris Thompson there. And there's there's arguments like that for all of them or against each of them. But now I'm in the seventh round and a bunch of them are there. And I'm going, okay, now it's a little different because I've loaded up a wide receiver and I'm trying to figure out what to do. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll have made the pick by the time people listen to this. I think it's going to be but, Michelle or Penny, but we'll see. I mean, I like Royce Freeman a lot. Actually, Freeman. Michelle or Freeman is who I was going to take, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I like on Johnson a lot. Um, I mean, I think values right now where they're going, ADPs are pretty good. Um, but you know, that could change a lot in the preseason right now. You know, once, you know, especially if there's an injury or they just have a bunch of big performances, but generally speaking, my, my, my draft philosophy is that it's almost like in the stock market, uh, where instead of picking individual stocks, you're picking sectors, right? So, Hey, I think the defense sector or the healthcare sector or technology sector, you know, it's going to do well. I'm just going to take a whole bunch of them and hope that that takes off. Well, it's the same thing. I'm just going to take a whole bunch of rookie running backs and, Here's a couple of murky situations, and, and and if some pop, then great, you know. But if, and I'll I'll have my my own. But generally speaking, I'm just going to try to grab a bunch of those guys where they're cheaper. All right, folks, um, please check us out on Twitter. As I mentioned, uh, Pete is at Peter Shanky S C H O E N K E. I'm at J Helpin thirty seven. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and we're on Facebook. Um, we do some live videos sometimes. We answer questions there. Lots of stuff. Please um, like us over there. All right. As I said earlier, you cover the Colts and the Vikings. For Rotowire, in addition to your other duties, um, Colts question. The first Colts question is obvious. Andrew Luck is actually he's actually throwing footballs, right? Which is a great development. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that uh, the, the first thing is I'm kind of surprised he actually did that before training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big positive for fantasy, right? Because now we, at least we have some information to go to go on. I, I was kind of worried that we were gonna, you know, go into the first couple of days of training camp, or maybe the first week of training camp, and and have to figure out what the heck's going on with them. At least, at least we have some good signs now. Um, so, so what do you think? What do you do with him? So, so it, it's it's that's interesting what you said because people over the last few months have been looking, going, this is this is scary. You've got this quarterback who didn't play last year and now he's still not even throwing and oh my goodness, this is terrible. And your reaction seems to be almost the opposite where, wow, I didn't think it would have happened so quickly. Uh, yeah, I thought we'd be going to a really murky situation again like last year and it's been quite the opposite. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for optimism. So I got, I got a list here for you uh, for you know, uh, reasons to be you know, encouraged. I mean, one is just sort of the health, the progression, right? The data, everything just checks off. Last year, the going into about this time last year, we had all these uh, experts who were saying, well, given what we know, the surgery he's had, it's fairly routine. He's had a lot of time off. He should be fine. But there wasn't a lot of other substantiating evidence. But this year we have some, right? He's throwing before training camp. 
Um, there's talk about him working out with wide receivers before training camp. Um, there's no reports of soreness. You know, you're able to look at different kinds of activity he's doing. You've seen him throw football. He says he's, he's thrown a, a, a full, you know, NFL football. I think the distinction is kind of not that big a deal. I mean, I don't know the difference in weight between a high school football and a, and a NFL football, but uh, it's probably not that big a deal. I mean, it's more the binary thing of is he throwing or not throwing actual footballs that, that really matters. So you have to watch it. But, I mean, just if you look at the progression and the evidence, there's a lot, a lot of reason to think he's doing well. Um, if he's healthy, um, and I think, you know, I'm still going to need to see more signs, you know, during training camp and, uh, you know, he may not play in preseason games. If he plays in a preseason game, does fine. Then I'm all in. Right. But I, he, I bet you he doesn't even play in a preseason game because why risk it? Yep. I mean, I, you know, but if he does, then great. But if you see him on the field practicing every day and he's out there and he's throwing deep balls and the reporters are, you know, like, uh, he looks fine. I mean, I, I think that, I think that, you know, then suddenly his ADP is going to skyrocket. Everyone's going to be a lot more confident in him. Um, now's the time to buy. Right. Um, but if he's healthy, then there's a lot more reason for optimism. Um, got a new, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, and they're talking up, uh, up-tempo offense, right? So, uh, you know, that's up-tempo offense, Andrew Luck, lots of attempts. Boy, I mean, that's, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? So last time, uh, Frank Reich and Nick uh, Suriani, hope I'm pronouncing the last name. I, I'm, I'm going to have to get to know this as the Colts guy. Read a lot about him, but uh, <laughs> you know, can't, uh, haven't really. This is the first time I've actually tried to pronounce it. Uh, so let's see. Last time they were together is the you know offensive coordinator, QB coach with the Chargers, 2015. Uh, Phil Rivers, com- career high in completions, attempts, yards. I mean, different offense, different system. But, I mean, there's just a lot of reasons to think, like, wow, he's going to have an offense where they're going to have him throw a lot, which is different than – the earlier, earlier versions of luck where they were, he was throwing a lot of deep balls and maybe, you know, fewer attempts. Um, you know, that, that was the philosophy lots of times. Um, he's had success with a lot of, with, with a lack of weapons. I mean, you look at the weapons on the team on the offense right now, the second wide receiver area is not great. Um, you know, a lot of unproven, you know, on running backs. Um, but you know, two years ago when he had, you know, what, 35 touchdowns or whatever, I mean, wh- who else was on that team? He still has T Y Hilton, the running game back then wasn't impressive. The number two wide receiver was Dante Moncrief, who, you know, wasn't great that year, although he did catch a lot of touchdowns. Um, you know, it wasn't like you compare the weapons from two years ago. It's not like it's, you know, two years ago he had this all, all pro awesome cast. Right. This year he's terrible, right? So he's, he's proven he can do it even with just kind of mediocre talent around him. Um, offensive line should be a little bit better. You know, they've invested a little more talent. It, it held up a little bit better maybe you know than previous years or the last year they gave up a lot of sacks um you know that could be better uh and the biggest reason for fantasy is that their defense is going to be terrible <laughs> when you look at the talent <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball it is i just i'm going to be shocked if it's not the worst nf the worst defense in the nfl i mean there's just there's just they didn't invest much in the drafts they didn't sign them in free agency um you know, you look at that roster, who, who's who's their best player on defense? I mean, so I just think the setup could be great for him. I mean, high octane, thrown all the time in a bunch of shootouts. So, I, I you know, I think, there's, I think there's a ton of upside. The reason for downside to be worried is that he does have a lack of weapons. I mean, you know, I mean, we can talk about how he's overcome that, but it's still a handicap. Um, the offensive line, even if it's improved, they invest a little bit more in the draft and that kind of stuff, still probably going to be below average to very poor. Um, and so that that furthers the risk that he's going to get injured again. I mean, that's how he got hurt arguably in the first time, right? Cause he got knocked around so much. Right. Um, and then the thing that worries me the most is just the last year, the lack of candor they had on the injury, right? I mean, everything was fine. He's going to be fine. Oh, he's not throwing in camp. 
oh, well, you know, we're not sure if he's going to be able to play. You know, I mean, every every iteration of the injury news that came along in training camp and then during the season when he came back and he tried to throw. And then he then he mysteriously went to Europe. But we weren't going to say why he's going to Europe. And then it just – there wasn't really a whole lot of information. So I have a feeling that if he has a setback or if he – something goes wrong or maybe not at all, we're just not going to know. You know, and so, like, you know, you could draft him after the first week of the preseason and everything looks honky-dory and then – after that, you know, it might get murky, and and so you're just not going to be able to react or know. So I think that's that's really to me the, the biggest the biggest worry is just that, um, you know, you're really just kind of putting on faith that that uh, the injury news is good because last year, you know, you you didn't like I said you didn't get full candor on what was going on, and and you might not this year either. Okay, so so I'm gonna after after that explanation, I'm gonna call you cautiously optimistic on Andrew Luck. Yes, if, I mean I think I think if you I mean the great thing about him is market price right now. He's the 10th quarterback in the MFL rankings I talked about, not PPR, 12-team leagues. He's 10th, which is a little high. I think he's 15th on the MFL 10s. So he's, you know, he's somewhere around there. If you're in a one-quarterback league, oh, my goodness, take Andrew Luck any day of the week. You know what I mean? Just wait, wait, wait. You know, you're taking your 8th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 13th quarterback. I mean, the upside is humongous. The replacement value is so easy, you know, on quarterbacks this year, right? I mean – don't even draft a backup. Take Andrew Luck. You know, he gets hurt in mid-August, and you're, you know, week one or week two of your waiver wire, you're going to pick up a quarterback you can live with. Um, it might do great, you know. Or if you know, so flip side is if you're in a best ball league and you really need production, you know, you don't want to take a risk at quarterback. Right. I, I, I wouldn't t- touch Andrew Luck at this point. I mean, you, you can't take a zero. I mean, so. But one quarterback league, sure. Now, the thing is, what's going to happen between this podcast and the time that most people draft in most, a lot of leagues in mid-August to late August, I have a feeling Lux ADP is going to you know, go up a ton, right? I mean, if he has a, a good progression through training camp and good reports and there's no setbacks, hype's going to build on him and you know, he'll, he'll be up there. Okay, so, so if, if that's the case, if his ADP rises... T.Y. Hilton's is going to rise with it because right now he's 17th at wide receiver, 44th overall in those MFL ADPs. And that's a guy who in his last four full seasons with luck averaged over 1,200 yards a year receiving. Yeah, definitely. He's for sure. He's the one guy that's going to go up. Um, so, I, I, yeah, that'll change too. Um, I, at that point, uh, the, I just wouldn't buy on luck at quarterback because the quarterback is so deep and so you can just wait forever. So I, you know, there's no reason to take that kind of risk. Um, the upside isn't worth the downside when you can wait. You can get a couple more running backs, you know, some other players that are going to help you um, and still end up with the 12th, 13th, 14th quarterback. And, you know, you've got Philip Rivers or whoever who's, you know, going to be more than fine for you. So I, I wouldn't do that. But certainly right now, like this weekend, it'll be an interesting next week at these rotowire drafts. It'll be really interesting to see where luck goes. If luck is still going 10 to 15th in quarterback, he'll be on a bunch of my rosters. Okay. So, so if let's say you're drafting on Labor Day. And luck is pretty much all systems go. Uh, if you're looking at the wide receiver ADP now, where does T.Y. Hilton slot? I'm looking, I'm looking at A.J. Green is 9, Tyreek Hill is 10, and I think T.Y. slides ahead of Tyreek Hill. He'll be right around there. That, that would be my guess. I mean, that's, that's around the range he was two years ago or three years ago, right? So everybody will probably assume that he's sort of back to that minus a minor discount that would be my guess I mean, we're trying to forecast the market and people's perceptions but you know if, if you really if you really truly believe that Andrew Luck is 100% then there's no reason to not think that T.Y. Hilton's not going to be what he was two years ago or three years ago when, when Luck was at full speed 
Okay, so you mentioned earlier you talked about a couple of years ago when Dante, Dante Moncrief was the wide receiver too. He's not there anymore. Who is, who else, if, if Luck throws in an up-tempo offense for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns and, and, and everything goes well, someone besides, someone besides T.Y. Hilton and the tight ends is going to benefit. Who's it going to be? That's, I think that's where the value is going to be. So you're talking about an environment where all ADP of Luck and Hilton are rising. And so now they're at the point where like, ah, it's too expensive, give it the risk. But how do you benefit from Luck being back? I think all the secondary targets are where you try to, you know, you try to go after. Wide receiver is a total crapshoot. I mean, I think none of the second wide receivers they've signed um, have enough pedigree or stature or investment that they will, that they, you know, that, so I think you just got to kind of read the, training camp leaves and see who's doing, doing there. They have some intriguing rookies. I mean, Deion Kane's probably the guy that's the super sleeper among them all, right? I mean, he's got size, good, you know, you know had good 40 speed, um, you know, great 40 speed, you know, in the, in the draft. Um, you know, uh, let's see, he was the, among the best in the 40-yard dash, 4.43 in the three-cone drill, uh, at least according to our stats in Rotowire. Um, so he's, you know, he's like a long, you know, total sleeper, super deep sleeper I'd look at, but I don't know that there's one that really that really emerges, and that that's going to be the tough part. I mean, they, like I said, lack of lack of uh, you know lack of skill players, lack of you know, lack of weapons. Um, so I just think early in camp, try you know trying to figure out who's got the inside edge, who's going to emerge, how it's going to look, um, is really is really the thing to go for. Um, but you know, I don't know that there's one that I've really hang my hat on now. The rookies are intriguing, but then again, they're rookies. Okay, so so let's say tonight you're in a best ball draft and you're 20th round pick, and you look and you say. Maybe I'll grab one of these cult receivers. Is it Kane? Yeah. I mean, for, you know, total upside, I mean, maybe not best ball because, you know, best ball, I'm way worried more about downside than upside, yeah. you know? I mean, like a in a single, you know, if we're drafting like this weekend in Vegas, sure, you know, because he's like, it's a deep league, although I don't usually take a whole lot of wide receivers as reserves. Um, and you want a guy who's just a total flyer that you're going to drop, you know, for week one, no big deal. I mean, he's he's one. I mean, the guys I like in the passing game a little more a little, are, uh, I mean, uh, Hines, the running back, you know, the first name I'm going to struggle with. Uh, <laughs> as I try to pronounce all these names I've been writing about for three months but haven't been, been hearing as much. Right. Um, you know, a guy who's, uh, you know, fast, uh, you know, multiple positions, uh, you know, the, they're talking about using him in the slot, you know, out wide. You know, you know, he could be the really, you know, the receiving running back. And I, and I think that, you know, that's the kind of guy that you want to look for in that offense. To me, he's the guy I'm ticketing. I've, I've taken him even in best ball leagues. Um, you know, the running back situation, uh, which I think we're also going to talk about is pretty murky. Um, you know, he could, he could be the guy that gets a lot of stuff. Eric Ebron, I know he's been a total bust, um, and could be again. I mean, I, I, there's not a whole lot I like about him, but, um, you know, under the new uh, offensive coordinator, Frank Reich utilized tight ends as much as anybody in the NFL, two tight ends, as much as anybody in the NFL, the Eagles, um, you know, there's, they're going to, there's talk about them using two, two tight ends again. Um, but they didn't both in, in with the Eagles. They, the two tight ends weren't both catching the ball at the same time, right? That that is totally true. And even in the you know glory days of the two tight ends uh, under Andrew Luck, I mean, it wasn't like they were both uh, you know superstars. Um, so you know, but you're talking about gambles here, right? Right. Who knows? I mean, you know, Ebron had a high pedigree. And he didn't do. He had a ton of drops. His drop rate is really high. But you know, and that's that's the problem here is that you you know all these secondary targets you know have flaws and you know they're either, either rookies or they're guys that are you know, like like Ebron who's you know have a whole bunch of you know words from past experience and so you're going to gamble on some of these guys. So 
it's hard for me to really say like, this is the guy you should draft him. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably more, you know, tape guys than me and see stuff and make big proclamations. I'm just more like, Hey, there's, this is an area of opportunity. Watch it closely. I don't know who's going to merge, but the sort the first time you get sort of a sense of, you know, Hey, this guy's going to take over. Um, you know, I, and Andre and Ruluck's going to be healthy. Boom. I think that's a real opportunity. Um, Hines is this only one so far that I, that I, when you read what they're, how they're talking about their offense in the off season, how they're going to utilize him, how he's going to be a big factor of the offense, how he's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, I'm in a PPR league. Um, you know, he's a guy I'm willing to take a shot on. Yeah. Naheem Hines, um, five, nine, a little, a little under 200. So change of pace back for sure. It seems like, and from what the news sounds like, but, but on the other side of that, what do we do last year at this time last year, one of the deep sleeper late round running backs was Marlon Mack. And, you know, he just, it just never worked out because Frank Gore is, is the energizer bunny and just plays and plays and plays and plays and plays no matter where, no matter what happens, no matter how old he gets. Is Marlon Mack good enough to sort of be a guy that you pick in the fifth or sixth round and, and he pays off for you and maybe runs for a thousand yards? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of talk of running back by committee there. Uh, he didn't have a great, you know, yard per carry, 3.8. Um, but he did have six, six, six runs or six, you know, 20 yards or more. So there's some big plays he had. Um, I just, he's a, he's a guy and if Luck's there, you know, and they're have a, uh, an, uh, an offense that's going to try to get a lot of snaps. Um, and he wins the job. Uh, that I think you know he'd, he'd be worthwhile. I've taken him in a bunch of leagues. I think I'm a little higher on him than most people, just because I, I think that uh, the offense could be a little bit better, especially with Luck healthy. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't invest too much in him. I mean, they're, I think if he struggles, uh, the current regime's not that invested in him, and they're talking about committee. So that's usually not a you know you know it's not like Mac was a first round pick. Right. <laughs> so it's, you know he doesn't have a lot of pedigree. So I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic with him, but I, I wouldn't invest a lot and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, just a timeshare guy, you know, by the middle of the season. Okay. Uh, back to those tight ends. You know, it's, it's the interesting thing about them is that if you look and you said, okay, if Luck's healthy and they're going to throw the ball a lot, well, if Doyle was there and Ebron didn't come, wow, Doyle would be great. And signing Ebron if Doyle wasn't there, hey, Ebron would be a really solid, you know, one of those next tier, second, third tier tight ends, whatever you want to call it, you know, at 10 to 12 or something, there's a lot of upside. But with them both there, you kind of, I don't know if you throw your hands up, but it's kind of annoying. And I'm not sure which way to go. I almost, they, they almost cancel each other out, right? Uh, I don't know. I still think Jack Doyle will be the main guy. I mean, he's, he's proven himself the last couple of years. It'll, he'll probably be what he was maybe 90 percent of what he was um plus you know, if there's more plays more passes and luck is there i mean you gotta i mean he's the one guy that was actually decent you know didn't drop off last year without luck there but i, I gotta think he'll probably be about the same and then you know ebron maybe you know sort of his his share of the pie will come from more maybe of the third wide receiver or second wide receiver if, if everything's going right that's what i would say it'd be great if ebron was more of a red zone guy i mean he does have size and things like that because before uh you know when they had Dwayne allen um and they had two tight ends allen was more of kind of a red zone guy and had a big year we had eight touchdowns and that's kind of ebron's upside but you know that's not really that's not really his profile of what he's been <laughs> in the in you know in the in the nfl um so yeah i'm not i'm not that worried i'm not that worried about jack doyle i don't think that having the two tight ends set up really detracts from him i think that if everything's clicking he's the same guy and, you know, the pie is just bigger because luck is there. And, you know, maybe the second and third wide receivers are a little bit smaller than usual. Um, and Ebron's role grows. 
right. I see. I'm more of an Ebron guy than you are. And, and it's and because that, he, I don't love the guy, but I think that people expected so much from him based on where he was drafted that I, I look at him and I say, well, he's not as good as I thought, but he's not terrible. That could be. But, I mean, he was in a good offensive setup. He had a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He had some years where he was really going to be you know, targeted and had a prominent role. And every time he got the opportunity, he didn't do anything with it. And so many games I can just remember, you know, big drops. And uh, it's just it's just hard to get, you know, it's not like he didn't have a shot or, you know, had somebody ahead of him or had a terrible quarterback. Um, you know, he had his chances and in, in, in his good system and he did not develop. So it could happen. You know, and that's why I say I'm cautious optimistic. In the Stopa League draft this next uh, week, uh, it's a 14-team league. Every team has to take two uh, tight ends. Plus, there's flex, flex players. So there's probably like, I don't know, 20, 30 tight ends taken. Yeah. So Ebron will be drafted. I'll, I would take him as like a $1 tight end flyer and then just you know drop him after a couple weeks if he's not any good. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely invested that much in him. But um, beyond that, I just I just haven't seen him on the field. I think the, you know, the opportunity, the Andrew Luck, the two tight ends, everything everything could pan out for him. I just, and if it was a different player, we were talking about a different you know, tight end. Uh, somebody who you know, just hadn't been given an opportunity, and we didn't, but we didn't really like him that much, and he was here. I'd probably be all, all in on him, but Ebron, ugh, every time I've seen him, he's stunk. <laughs> all right. Folks, listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Let's move to the Vikings. Um, I saw some, someone was, did something. I wrote something about the Vikings today. No, it was Colin Coward saying there's no way they're winning 13 games. They'll probably be more like nine. And I almost fell off my chair. Um, but I think the Vikings are going to be very good. Uh, do, do you agree, first of all? Very, very good. Like, you know, they, with, with some elite teams in the NFC, I think I would probably pick them to win the NFC. So I'm, I'm a Vikings fan. I do kind of try and cover them for RotoWire objectively as possible. But, you know, that caveat, my outlook on them is always mirrored by that. Um, they have, at least in my tam- time of being a Vikings fan, which you know is, is, is a long time now, uh, they have the most complete roster heading into a season I've ever seen. I mean, they, they just don't have any holes. I mean, they, you know, they, I mean, the offensive line is probably their, is their biggest weakness, but improved last year. They invested some draft picks. You look at the roster, they have depth in the secondary. I mean, even their backup quarterback's pretty good. I mean, the, the biggest concern for me for them is their third running back, who <laughs> at this point is completely unknown. I mean, I, I would imagine they'll draw, draft a veteran uh, in the preseason. I think that's an, a potential opportunity for fantasy value because if they get a couple injuries, then maybe that, you know, that guy emerges as something. But when you're worried about your third running back is your biggest concern for the team, right. you're, you're loving it, right? So. Now that's on paper. That doesn't work out that way. Plenty of years, um, lots of teams that I followed and rooted for. I'm like, on paper, this is the best team I've ever had, and they totally completely stunk. So you just never know. But yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I, they're going to be in the playoff hunt again. Are they going to win 13 games, 10 games? Um, you know, how good are the Packers going to be and with Rodgers? Anything is possible if he's healthy. Um, who knows? But it'll be. It should be a fun year for Vikings. They should be in contention again. You know, I, I don't see any reason why why they wouldn't be. Okay. You know, bar, barring injuries, you know, anything can happen. Of right? course. Yep. Um, let's start with Kirk Cousins. So last year, I mean, big, huge signing. Guaranteed, what, three years, almost $30 million a year. Um, gets, gets there in a good situation with good receivers. But last year, you look and you say, hey, wow, this is a great situation. Well, last year, Kirk Cousins, I'm looking at 
the stats on Rotowire from last year, Kirk Cousins was QB4. I mean, not like he's going to get better, but can he sort of hold that position, do you think? I think so, for sure. I mean, he's going to have, you know, better cast of care, you know, supporting cast than he ever had before, you know, arguably in Minnesota than he had in Washington. Um, play action is a big thing. Over the last, you know, couple of years, he's been the best quarterback in the NFL in play action. Uh, Minnesota's rushing offense was second in attempts uh, last year. So, you know, seventh in yards. Uh, they got a, you know, they had a defense that was number one in yards and points allowed. Um you know they're going to have a conservative offense, even with the with the new offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, that, I think all of those things, you know, lead to the idea that Kurt, he could even improve. Now, I, probably not. I think as the Vikings, the great thing about Kirk Cousins is he gives them a higher floor um, than than they, than they would have otherwise at, at running back. Um, I mean, I, I think that's the main thing. And the, for the three year deal, it's not that expensive. If he's not like that, the you know, if he's not terrible, if he's not the if he's not like the best quarterback ever, or even if he's terrible, I mean, I just don't think they, they didn't give him such a massive contract that's going to bankrupt right. the franchise for a long time. And that, you know, he's been really durable, right? He hasn't missed the game in three seasons. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons. And I, and I like Case Keenum. I, if the Vikings had just done, if they had franchise tag Keenum and had a one year deal on him, I'd have been totally happy. I mean, watching him last year, if you didn't know who he was right. after that year, he was great. I mean, he, and he, yeah, he didn't have the deep balls and the arm strength, but he just had such such great mid-range game and just made smart decisions. Um, he, he was great last year. But, you know, that was such an outlier of, of his NFL career performance that um, is it, was, was that going to happen again? Whereas I think with Kirk Cousins, even if he has a bad year, you know, he's, you know, you know what the floor is. And more than likely than not, he's going to just replicate what, what Case Keenum did. And if you're the Vikings, that's all you need. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to sign a quarterback who's going to, uh, you know, change the offense. You don't need that huge upgrade and a quarterback to win to win the Super Bowl. I mean, last year were, you, they were right there. You know, they were one game away with Case Keenum. If they just get you know Case Keenum performance repeated out of, out of Kirk Cousins, you know, they've they've got a legit shot. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is more likely to be 2017 Case Keenum this year than Case Keenum is basically. Yeah, is I think exactly. that argument, and I agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Dalvin Cook's back. Which is huge because last year when he played before he got hurt, he was terrific. He would, you know, he he looked like he he was one of those players who he was like Camara. He 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 played two or three games, and everybody looked and went, "Why did he last so long in the draft?" And Dalvin Cook had some other issues, which is why he lasted so long in the draft. But um, so coming back from the ACL, sounds like everything's going well. Are you kind of all in on him at an ADP? Let me look. It is, oh, number nine at running back. I mean, that's aggressive for a guy who had that injury, and that's basically people drafting as if he's going to pick up right where he left off. Do you think he's going to do that? I think he's going to pick right up where he left off. Uh, I talked about the depth issue with the, with the Vikings running back. I think that's a sign that they're actually not that worried. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I think he'll be back. He's, you know, all the signs for the injuries have been fine. He's working out. He's doing stuff. I mean, there's there's no reason for worry. It's been it's going to have been almost a full year, you know, I mean, it was that week three, maybe not a full year, but you know, nine months or so, eight months. I mean, now it's kind of the standard, right? It used to be 10 years ago. They needed a right. year, you know, two years now they're back to that. So yeah, I don't see any reasons to not think he's going to be fine. And he's going to, I think he's going to get, you know, the, the ton of work, you know? And, uh, so I, you know, so yeah, I'm all in. The only, the only issue there is just the price. I'm not a, you know, I don't take I don't take, you know, I'm not a big first round running back guy and I'm not going to, so I'm probably not going to own him a lot of teams given, given that price. But 
same time, if I, you know, picked him where he's going right now, I'd, yeah, I, I wouldn't really, I really wouldn't sweat it if that's my philosophy. I, I think he'll, I think he'll, you know, he's he's deserving of that area coming back. Yeah, and his ADP, fourteenth, ninth at running back, fourteenth overall. Uh, one thing to point out about Dalvin Cook is as impressive as he was as a runner in those first few games last year. Let's throw out the game when he got hurt because it wasn't a full game. Um, in the first three games, he caught ten passes. That projects to about fifty, which is kind of a big deal if you're a PPR player. So Dalvin Cook's versatile. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that so they have no depth at running back. And then, you know, Latavius Murray, they renegotiated his contract. They were sort of like playing chicken with him and thinking maybe he'd walk or whatever, you know, and or cut him. And uh and he came back. So I just to me it just shows you that they're just not worried at all. Okay. Um let's go to the wide receivers. Phelan and Diggs, that's a that's almost as good a tandem as you're gonna find. Uh, Phelan was wide receiver 10 at the end of the day last season. Diggs was wide receiver 16. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Cook, hopefully for them, back for the whole year. What do all these changes mean for those wide receivers to you? I don't see a lot of upside with those guys. Now, I see a lot of, I see a good floor, you know, like for the same reasons we talked about at the quarterback situation. So I think you can draft those guys in those range and feel very comfortable, but I don't see any of them taking like a massive leap where suddenly they're going to be, you know, top five wide receivers and we're talking about taking them um, in, the, in the first round. So, you know, that's similarly, I think, I think, you know, giving them steady, you know, sort of guaranteed going quarterback play is going to, you know, going to make those guys pretty duplicate to what they were last year. And, I, and we'll see, you know, they always have a new coordinator. You never know, but there's no reason to really change the formula for the Vikings. Um, and so if they just follow the same formula as last year, then I don't see them throwing the ball a ton more. Um, and then so for fantasy value, you're just not going to get a ton more targets from those guys. Um, that said, both the receivers, you know, they've improved every year. Um, I mean, Thielen, you know, has gone from being a, you know, what a, you know, a, a non a undrafted free agent to, to third wide receiver to number one guy. I mean, he's improved every year, so I wouldn't rule it out that he could suddenly take another leap beyond what he is right now because he's basically done it every year of his career. All right, so ADPs for them at wide receiver: Diggs is twelfth, Thielen's fourteenth. How does that sound to you? I like Thielen more. That's the only thing is, I mean, if if it's you know, if I'm picking the two of them, I'm taking him first. Um, but those are, they, they both are like fair value, you know, like I, neither one of them sounds cheap and neither one sounds expensive. And that's, that's about where I expect them to be year end. All right. Tight end. Here's the argument. I feel like I've been hearing about Kyle Rudolph. I've heard it from my guests here. I've seen it on Twitter and it's basically this. Well, man, when Jordan Reed was healthy, Kirk Cousins threw to him so much. He loved Jordan Reed. And now he's got a good tight end in Kyle Rudolph. And oh my God, Kyle Rudolph's going to be awesome in fantasy this year. I mean, Kyle, you know, Kyle Rudolph is not the same physical specimen, and he's not the same guy. So I just think that that comparison's, you know, a little bit flawed. Um, and I've seen a lot about that, about how, you know, Cousins love to throw tight ends. Um, so that's great. I just, I just think, similarly to the wide receivers, I think, you know, Rudolph's kind of been steady Eddie at, at, at uh, tight ends. You know, he's, he's got, you know, he's averaged, you know, he's number two or number three and averaging, you know, tight, you know, touchdowns over the last few years, depending on how many, you know, years and players you look at. And I kind of expect the same. I think that he's he's a tight end to have in a lot of teams because he's just you know he's 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 just solid and he's got a solid quarterback and a solid system and he's going to be there again. But I don't see him take, taking some huge leap. Um, he's not. He doesn't have the athleticism and upside of a Jordan Reed. He Kyle Rudolph was tight end seven last year. His ADP is tight end seven right now. That I mean. Sounds about right, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not a big tight end guy. I wait on tight ends too. Um, 
but you know, if I'm drafting and suddenly Rudolph's like eighth, ninth tight end or just falls a few rounds or whatever it is. And he seems like a value. I'll probably snag him because he, he seems pretty reliable. I mean, he, he did have some injury issues early in his career and obviously tight ends get hurt more than other positions. So there's always that risk. But, um, if you're looking for a guy that's, you can bank, I think he's, he's pretty good. And, you know, he may not have the massive upside of some other guys. And I, I wouldn't buy into, you know, the fact that suddenly he's going to steal the target share. Um, you know, I think he's just going to be the same as he was. And I think he's got a really good floor. Okay, last thing I want to talk about. Um, we don't. We haven't been talking about these much on this show, but um, fantasy defense wise, the Vikings are third ADP wise fantasy defense. Uh, last year, I don't have the ADPs in front of me. They were probably up in the same range, being dr- taken off the board very early. Results didn't, from a fantasy standpoint, the results didn't quite match the hype. What what happened that way? Not a lot of sacks, uh, right? That was yeah. one thing. That's true, but the talent was there. I mean, they, you can't. I mean, it's hard to really argue with taking a d- defense, and they, you know, finished first in yards allowed and points allowed. But they didn't. They didn't <laughs> right. convert into, into fantasy points. I mean, you didn't really. You didn't screw up. <laughs> you know, so I think a lot of that is just the flukes of of uh, the way that we score fantasy football for defense. Um, there's a there's a real problem, and it's all fantasy sports, but fantasy football in general, which is if you have the best defense, you're not on the field. Right. So you're just not going to accumulate counting stats. Um, that's probably what happened. You know, if, if you go back and look at it that way, I mean, if in some ways I almost want to take a, me- a more mediocre defense because they're going to be on the field more. You don't get penalized in most formats for like yards allowed. So then that just gives them more chances to get sacks and interceptions and all that, all the kind of stuff to give, they give you, you know, fantasy points. So there's a lot of that aspect. I, I would take them same as high, just as high as last year. And, you know, given their underlying performance, you know, they'll probably pay off more in the counting stats for fantasy this year, you know, probably bounce back a little bit. Their defense, just about everybody's back. Um, they're all young and healthy. Um, I mean, I, there's no reason to think they're not going to be a, an elite, you know, number one, number two, top five defense again. All right. And, and, and for more context to that, everybody, one touchdown, which is fluky, only five fumble recoveries, which is another one, you know, bounces of the ball. They weren't that high on the turnovers, but like you said, you know, points allowed, yards allowed, all that stuff. They were great, and they'll probably be just fine. Um, all right, Pete, that's, that's plenty for the Colts and the Vikings. Um, you can check out Pete's stuff at rotowire.com if you want to learn more about them over the course of the preseason. What should Rotowire users look for in the near future, other than uh, lots of fun pictures from Vegas and stuff like that? <laughs> Well, we've got uh, just a whole suite of stuff we launched for the you know football season. Um, the, the tools I use in particular is the Mac. I mean the uh, iPad and uh, iPhone uh, draft software. Definitely check it out. Go to iTunes. Uh, you know, download, look, search for RotoWire. It was the best-selling fantasy football draft app last year. I mean, it's we, we improve it every year. Uh, look for that. Uh, if you want to draft on your PC, we got PC software. We have Mac software. A little bit different than the iPhone. All great tools. PC software definitely improved this year. Um, a lot of new tools. Big thing for us, I think, of breaking news here is that uh, you know we have a redesign. It's going to launch uh, shortly before football season in a few weeks. Um, it's going to be mobile friendly. Our website's great. I love the design, but it's not you know when you're on your phone, it doesn't work as well. And uh, we've really you know spent a lot of time to try and make it so that the uh, the site will look good on mobile, but also on desktop. I think a lot of uh, companies that have done this have sacrificed the desktop mm-hmm. uh, for the mobile experience. Uh, we think we've nailed it. We've gotten both. And the desktop experience to me still matters in fantasy a lot because 
you're looking at numbers, you're looking at tables, uh, you want the real estate, um, and you want that experience to still be good. But then at the same time on the go, you want to be able to flip through all the stuff we've talked about today, ADPs right. and cheat sheets and those kinds of things. So, uh, look out for that. Um, that, that, that's coming out soon. So it's going to be a fun, exciting year for RotoWire. We've got the magazine out there. Um, definitely, uh, you know, look for that on your newsstands or you can order online. We talked about a lot of that stuff. Uh, I wrote the Vikings and Colts preview, so plug for myself. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, lots of lots of great things out there. So looking forward. It should be a fun season. Sounds great, Pete. Thanks a lot for doing this again. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk over the course of the season, especially if, uh, if Andrew Luck has a good if, – if he plays two series and completes five out of five at a preseason game, we might have to talk again. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the ultimate wild card this preseason for sure. All right. Everybody, if you like this podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Roar Fantasy Football Podcast. Remember, starting next week, the week of July 16th, we go to four podcasts a week. We're going to have lots of guests, lots of Rotowire. Uh, staff people and team beat writers, lots of people from other sites, uh, fantasy analysts you like. So please just start listening because we are going to start cranking out these podcasts uh, almost every day of the week. So thanks a lot. Uh, we'll Please check back next week. For Peter Shanky, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.